0: This is the Design Direction Podcast, providing direction for business, design, and the pursuit of joy. Real talk for creatives. And now your host, Stacey Thompson. Welcome to episode four of the Design Direction Podcast. Today, I am extremely excited to be talking with award-winning interior designer, Amy Peltier, owner of Peltier Interiors and Peltier Home. Amy and I got to know each other when she lived in Indiana, attending designer peer meetings together. Amy moved from the Midwest to California in 2010 and reopened her namesake firm, as well as her gorgeous home interior shop in Pasadena. Amy has recently relocated again to the East Coast in Virginia, which allows her West meets East Coast style to grace homes across the U.S. Amy manages a team of five who help create interiors that are comfortable and family focused while also being refined. Amy ultimately loves to work with her clients in mind, listening to their needs and desires while creating homes of their dreams. I'm excited to talk with Amy today about how she started her firm and her shop, the challenges and benefits of relocating a business and the growth she has seen over her career. I truly feel that Amy and I are kindred spirits with similar design philosophy and aesthetic, which reflects a love for classic with a pop of fresh updated details. I love following her work and seeing how she manages business and motherhood with grace. I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Amy about design, livable luxury, business, and so much more. Well, I am so excited, Amy, for joining me on my podcast. I really appreciate it, and I think this is going to be really fun. So let's dive in.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So I would love to hear, first off, how you started and your background in general. um, What made you pursue interior design? What was the, the catalyst to jump into this career? Yeah.
1: So, my mom had a designer when I was younger, and I remember when I was maybe middle school age, um, I was allowed to go to the design center and pick out wallpaper for my bedroom, and she was decorating our house when I was younger, and I just... I, I remember going to the Michigan Design Center and just loving it. I mean, I thought it was the greatest place ever. You'd push those wings to the side, and you'd see all the patterns and the colors and the wallpapers. And it's really fun because my daughter is so much like me, and she's the same way. She tries to make clothes for her Barbies, and she loves all the nail polish colors and like loves patterns. And so I can I can see so much in her, what I loved about it. Um, so I think it was a lot just growing up around it and seeing, you know, what my mom was doing with a designer and what she did with her house. Um, so there wasn't really another career for me. That was it. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, I went to school for it. I went to Michigan state university and they had a four year, um, bachelor's degree in interior design that I learned um and I had no idea I just thought everything was residential design but that was a very commercial based um yeah. so I can't say that I loved the education I got because sure. it was so technical and yep. doing the computer design and you know doing weird like kiosks in a mall and I'm like this is not interesting I want to pick out the pretty fabrics and the pillows and the rugs and put flowers in a room and so but I mean I'm so grateful for that education because it taught me so much um it gave me a lot of confidence in the education that I had Um, So, so yeah, I went to college after I graduated high school, I went to college, stayed in Michigan, um, and then graduated and I graduated right after, right after 911. So it it was kind of a, the beginning of a very rough, you know, economic period. Um, So I would say that I really struggled to find a job that I thought was amazing those first handful of years maybe even the first 10 years or so. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, it all worked out in the end.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, yeah. I had a similar sort of path as well. And um, so mm-hmm. I, I understand, you know, that process and it was right around the same time as well for yeah. me graduating. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely tough there in the beginning to yeah. you know, really mm-hmm. find something that you felt passionate about and, um, right you know, that you were able to kind of get the experience that you wanted, especially in residential, which is hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of small, it's a
1: lot of sole proprietors. Yes. Really, like truly small business owners. So it's very hard to find a job and a good job and a job with room for growth and all of that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm
0: Yeah. Yeah what um drives your passion for the business of interior design because the business side is a completely different animal so you have to have some passion obviously for the the interiors themselves but you know for actually running the business too
1: yeah i i feel that you have to you have to do both equally and it's finding that like being able to toggle for me back and forth in fact these days i probably um if I I'm doing my own home remodel, and if I didn't have my own home remodel, I probably would do seventy five percent business, twenty five percent design. Um, yeah. It I I learned when I started the business, I had no idea. But about one and a half, two years in, to starting really truly starting the business out in California, I should say like restarting it in California, I realized that I am. Equally as good as a business owner as I am a designer, maybe even a better business owner than I am a designer. That's great. Um, and maybe even these days, especially, that's true because I do so little design, so I feel like I'm out of practice a lot.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and so what I've learned to do is just manage the designers I have and kind of oversee their design projects, which I find just as much enjoyment as doing it all. That's <laughs> I great. I don't know. I really, truly like the business side of things.
0: So. That's great. And that mm-hmm. is somewhat rare, you know, in this business yeah. to be able to have that business-minded um, aspect because you know, a lot of us are creative and and tend to be solely creative. And, you know, to have that business aspect and actually enjoy that side of it um, is is hard to find for sure. Um, You know, I would say like for me, it's more of, you know, I definitely prefer the creative over the business. Um, I don't mind, you know, the management and logistics and that portion of it but just the mundaneness of some of the you know everyday right. business things uh, yeah. can definitely bog me down and for me I feel like it gets a little bit like you know that side of, kind of takes over and then my creative side suffers because of it yes for sure yeah yeah I notice
1: that when I get I call it like getting stuck in the weeds
0: yeah stuck in the like oh
1: wait well that employee is not being is not happy today and oh my gosh I've got to like talk to them and then but I've got to bounce over here because I've got to pay all these bills and then I've got to look at my finances oh my gosh we've got to we've got to keep up with the cash flow and like that to me where I can't get out of that cycle of doing those day-to-day things where I get so sucked into the daily little minute task that's when my creativity suffers both creativity for thinking big picture and creativity for design yeah
0: yeah absolutely yeah i i totally i'm with you on that because that it just i don't know about you but for me it's like jumping from one task to another task and really trying to like switch your brain in that aspect can be really tiring (laughs) yes very tiring (laughs) yeah yeah it's a lot it's a lot yeah yeah So. so Knowing your background a little bit and knowing that you're originally from Michigan, um, what? so I met you in Indiana. So what brought you to Indiana? Yeah. First, we'll start there, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll yeah. go down the road. <laughs> well, this is a long
1: story. You're opening <laughs> up a big can of worms, but I'll make it quick. I okay,
0: short that. version. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I grew up in Michigan, born and raised in Michigan all through college. When I was 21, um, I graduated from college and I was dating now my husband and he had graduated before me. So he was like one year ahead of me and he had graduated and moved to Colorado. Okay. And so I had a choice when I graduated, we were still dating and we, long distance at that point. And I had a choice to move to Colorado or to move where anywhere really, or stay in Michigan or all of my great, you know, my good friends from, I mean, elementary school were moving to Chicago and getting a place together. And so I was really torn, but I was like, no, no, no. Like I wouldn't mean I would have to break up with him. And that's not what I wanted. So I decided to move to Colorado and so I did and we moved out there and we lived there for about um I want to say about a year and a half and you know I was in my 20s and he loved it but I didn't love it as much it was a really that was a very very big transition So, 21 years old knew nobody didn't have anybody to go out with was used to being in college where I was seeing my friends all the time and that was just like a big 180 for me and I think um it was the wrong time in our lives to be in Colorado right now we would have loved it with a family but being young it was just, uh, it, it was Denver it wasn't quite right for us so uh, my husband started looking at my like insistence started looking for a new position and he found one in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. and just so happened at the same time that he had a good friend moving there one of his best friends and one of my best friends were moving there too for a job so we were like this is perfect our friends will now be there and we'll be moving there and it looked like a really fun great city so we moved to north carolina and that was the hottest place we'd ever lived in our entire life (laughs) and we were after another year and a half we were like can't do this cannot do this weather anymore (laughs) and we were like it is so humid and so hot. Neither of us really liked our job. And so we were like, okay, you know what? We are going to get married and we're going to start a family. Let's go back to Michigan to be back with our family. Because, sure. You know, that ultimately would be the big goal. So we moved back to Michigan and we were there for a while. I want to say six, seven years. Okay. Um, And the economy kept getting worse the entire time. So it was right before 9-11 when I, when I graduated and got my first job in Colorado, but here we are, like, um, almost 10 years later. <clears throat> and, and and I guess that was at the end of it. So about three or four years, we got married and about three or four years after being back in Michigan, um, he, he, my husband worked in the auto industry as a con- for a contract company, but he just kept hearing rumblings of not only his job being his job being laid off, but the company itself shuttering and it just was really, really getting very tough in Michigan, and Michigan was hit hardest by yeah. any, any of the places. So um, he started looking out of necessity for another job, um, and he found, I mean, and he looked for over a year, and he found a position in Indiana. Mm-hmm. That's where we moved next okay um with nestle which is where he currently works so we moved down to indiana um he got a job and we left and we sold our house two weeks before the big crash so <sighs> we were so lucky yes. there.
0: yeah
1: um and kind of got out of michigan moved to indiana and i think we were in indiana for about three years. And that's where I had that. I was able with his job to say, you know what? I don't, I don't necessarily have to take a job. I can, or I can start my own business. So when we moved there, that's when I really, that was in, I guess that was in 2008. So that's when I opened up my business.
0: Okay. Um,
1: And so that's officially when it opened up, but I ended up working for, Um, William William Sonoma Home as Mm -hmm. their design manager and like he did half the job and loved the other half of the job. They loved the company and I learned so much there. So much of the business side of things I learned there. Um, And so we were there for a handful of years and then his job transferred him to California. But right at the same time that he got transferred to California with Nestle for their corporate headquarters, um, I got pregnant. So Again, I wasn't working at that time when we were transferred, and I was again trying to start the business up. Um, in fact, I had gotten laid off from Williams Cinema Home because they started closing their stores. Yeah. Um. So I was laid off and not working there, and then I got pregnant, and um, I was trying to start the business, but just wasn't. It just wasn't really flu- like wasn't really working like having a hard time figuring out how to find clients. And I mean, in hindsight, like I've come so far, but didn't know how to run a business, didn't know how to find clients. Like it was just kind of a, I don't know. It was just sort of a nightmare. Like I felt like I was wandering around trying to figure out how to do all of this. And then he got transferred, so... That was a huge transfer for us because it was going to LA, Los Angeles. Yeah. Like that seemed so Completely scary. Completely different.
0: Yeah. Completely
1: different. <laughs> yeah. Like the design scene there, it just seemed so out of my league. Yeah. You know, I'm like a it. little Midwestern girl mm-hmm. and still so young. I think I was twenty. No, no, no. I must have been 28-ish at that time. Um, So I was, you know, getting closer to 30, but it was just so scary for me. So I was like, you know what, we'll move there and I'll just put the business to the side and I'll be a stay-at-home mom. (laughs) It's like a little overwhelming and I put no pressure on myself. So I did that for a while. I did get my NCIDQ certification. Cause like kind of in that type of person that I need, I need something to do. I don't sit still very well. So I needed to have a project and that kind of was my project. And my husband traveled every week, Monday through Friday, he was gone. And so it was me and my little, and my son, who was a baby. And then he would come back on the weekends. And about a year after doing that in California, I was like, again, I'm like, no, no way, like, this (laughs) is getting way too, like, if I have to fold another, you know, load of laundry, or vacuum my house one more time, and I'm just like, no, this is just not it for me, yeah, so that was about my years, I might not be making sense, but in two, the January of 2013, I had, so my writer, my oldest, must have been one, and, nope, he was not one, he was... (laughs) he was three <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my years right he was three that's right because he was about to go into preschool and I couldn't wait for him to go into preschool that year because then I finally had three hours you had
0: some time because
1: I didn't have yep. I had some time I didn't have any babysitters I didn't know anybody right and I finally had like he had to go to preschool so like for me it wasn't about like spending money on a babysitter to work when right. I didn't have any clients and wasn't making any business like a three-year-old's got to learn and he's yep. got to go to school so He had to go to preschool and that gave me three hours. So, and then then he would come home from preschool and he'd take a two hour nap. So that was five hours. I was like, (laughs) I, I'm going to start this business in five hours a day. And then I'd work at night when I put him to bed. So in the beginning of 2013, I had done my own website. I don't even know how I taught myself that, but I designed my own website, put up a website, but it was also a really stressful time too, because I had um, so much debt that had been incurred from starting the previous business and I had no clients in sight. So I was like, just sitting here like, please, I just want to start this business so that I can pay off this debt and maybe make a little bit of money. I I think it was really truly just about paying off that previous debt that I had from the business and carried over. And, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen after that. So I had met this business consultant who pretty much taught me everything. I, I, like gave me this foundation and these basics for how I run my business today that had I not been taught that, and I mean, I ate it up like a sponge. If she told me to do it, I mean, there were times where I wanted to cry and throw up because I was so (laughs) nervous, but I was like, she told me to do it, I will do it like there's something about her that everything she said I trusted and I was like okay you say to do it that's it's possible okay well then I will do what you tell me to do Yeah, and there she is looking at me having no business and all this debt and she's like yeah you're gonna do a couple hundred thousand this year and I was like what (laughs) I I don't have a single client in sight, and I'm like oh okay if you tell me I'm gonna do that okay and I just literally ate up every word she said and I did everything she said and I I met her in that same January 2013 so it was shortly after I put up my website and her her advice was to um, every. I didn't have any clients, so all I was to do was business development, which was to call every contractor, every realtor, and mm-hmm. every architect I could find. I hated it. I oh yeah, hated it. The cold call. It. The cold call. <laughs> yeah. I literally cold called, and I mean, I must have called forty people a week, and then and then I I don't know how I did it. But I started getting people to meet with me. And then when I'd meet with that person, I'd say, do you know anybody else that, you know, do you know any, to the architect, do you know any contractors, to the realtor, do you know any architect? And I actually started getting really good at it. And so it was about three months into doing that, that I got my first referral. And it just, it was a kitchen job. I mean, it was huge. Yeah, It was such a big job. And I was like, oh my God. I remember that first check. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, somebody gave me money. <laughs> And it was just, I just will never forget it. And I did it all in that five hours and whatever I could do when he went to bed. So, you know, like right like now I'm back to that same schedule. Yeah. Um. But so, so yeah, that's kind of how, I got to California, and California was a big, big turning point for me. Yeah, um, in in the business and, and life itself. Yeah, so. it
0: sounds like you made some mm-hmm. really very, very important connections at first with the business consultant, but then kind of going from there with making those those networking con- connections that you did. Um, that's huge, and as you can tell, like it's referral. So that's you know that's yeah. what you need. And, um, but it is scary and to, you know, call up somebody that you don't know and have them, you know, say, oh yeah, I'll meet with you. And then to actually get a job from that is, is great, but it's, it's gratifying and rewarding. And, you know, once you kind of get that momentum going, then you can build off of that. So I'm sure that's exactly what happened. You know, you start with one and then hopefully they refer you to more.
1: Yep. That's exactly what happened. So it just and and it was so funny how you look at that. I look at the end of that year and I had like I don't know five or six clients. And I used to joke with my husband. I was like, I don't even have to do anything. I just put up this website and I made some phone calls and all these people are calling me. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and we still kind of laugh at that in the office. I'm like, oh, just California. Just there's a, also a lot of business in California. There's a lot of. There's a lot of money there and they spend it very quickly and very easily. That's something that I learned after I moved to the East coast coast and I didn't know it was was a thing, but there, they are, it's just that. So I think it was a good place for me to really get my feet wet and learn how to start a business. So.
0: What, what do you think the benefit, the benefits were at starting fresh? Like obviously, you know, you had kind of dabbled in your business back in the Midwest, but then, you know, you really started, like, getting that ball rolling when you were in California, but, you know, you you had a business, you had a name, and you were kind of starting fresh there. What was the biggest mm-hmm. benefit to that? Was it just the change in atmosphere, the change in environment, opportunity?
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of opportunity there, but I remember, too, there was something about And maybe it was just, again, like a lot of the right pieces falling into place. Pinterest was kind of becoming, at least I had found it right around that time. And you know the designs on Pinterest are so much different than anything you had seen in a magazine those days. They were white and bright and light and fresh. And that was very much how California was. It was almost like California california interiors and designers were really starting to drive what was happening on pinterest so you know coming from indiana from the midwest everything was golden tones and beige and um like lots of um rich saturated colors not bright and light and fresh but just like heavy colors like it's like eating a Thanksgiving dinner compared to right. eating a fruit salad. Right. <laughs> so right. I, I really liked that. Yeah. I loved the fruit salad feeling. And it was so just fresh. And like I just, there was everything about California. And plus, like, California has sunshine every day. Yeah. In the Midwest, we don't have sunshine ever. So, you know, like. <laughs> There's something else about really like energizing and motivating about waking up every day and having the most beautiful sunny day. Like that's just a really like there. it takes a really good mental space to run a business on a daily basis. Like you can get knocked down on Wednesday, but on Thursday morning, you need to get out of bed. And you need to say today is a new day, and anything can happen. And literally, anything can yes. happen. Your biggest client can land in your lap, and it didn't matter how much you were crying the day before and thinking, "Oh my God, I can't do this anymore. This is horrible, horrible. Right. Like, I'm just so stressed out. There's so much going on." You got to get out of
0: bed on Thursday, and a sun yeah.
1: and sunshine helps a lot with that.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so, that good vitamin D. Vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, while you're in California, you you know, or developing your your business, interiors business, when did you start your storefront and dive into the retail world, which is a completely different animal than just running a design business? That's right.
1: So remember, my background is in retail. Right, because so you were at Williams When I was sonoma. in Michigan, yeah, I was at on sonoma Home, which I learned so much. And that, like, that is hardcore retail. Like, that's true, true retail. But also, when I was in Michigan and I was working, well, actually, all of my background was in retail. The very first job I had in Colorado was at a um, furniture store. So okay. I basically was a salesperson. And, I mean, I just thought that that was the worst way to be a designer. But in <laughs> hindsight, I learned so much. Sure, I learned myself. Yeah. Like, in, a, in a, you can't. You can be the best designer ever, but if you can't sell your design and can't, like, sell a client, like, good luck to you. You'll go nowhere. Exactly. So um, I had that retail job. And then when I went to – and then when I lived in North Carolina, also retail, um, still doing that same sort of smaller boutique-y type furniture store, but retail. And when I moved to Michigan, the job that I got there was also in retail. Um, It was, again, heavier, a lot more like I run my store today where it was a retail showfront, but much more in a studio capacity. And yeah. the goal would be somebody walks in the door and try to turn them into a design project. So don't just sell them a chair, mm-hmm. sell them a room. Right. And, and so that was my, and I managed that and did all the buying for that and really was like the lead designer. So again, I got a lot of good design experience there. Um, and so again in retail and then I moved to Indiana and I, again in retail at Williamson I'm home, that was hard for retail. Oh, like that a, a was retail of a different kind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, so all of my background really was in retail. So I felt very comfortable with that. Um, I don't know. I can't really say that I love retail, but I know it. I'm comfortable with it. And I understand its ups and downs and what I can get from it to help my business. Sure. So that's why I did the retail in okay. California. So um, it was, I think, um, I think it was 2015. So remember, I started this in California, and really, like, started it started taking off in 2013, and I think it actually it was two, the end of September of 2016. So I was pregnant with my second. <clears throat> 2015, all of that year, mostly I was pregnant. So it was a really rough year, but I had also just come off of a showcase house that did really well for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I did the Pasadena showcase house, which is a really, really big um, showcase, very well-run showcase house. Um, And so I had done my very first space there. It was a nursery suite. It was like a nursery and bathroom Mm -hmm. and um, it got a lot of attention like in the New York Times and um, just just everybody everybody remembers it to this day. Everybody's like, oh, you did the nursery. I'm like, yes, I did the nursery. And I don't know, it was their 50th anniversary. So maybe I got more publicity for that reason too. Um, But I did this nursery and I got a lot of attention. And so from that nursery, I think I started getting bigger projects. And so I got this one project in 2015 that was really a game changer for my business. Not only just like in the oh my gosh, I can, it it was basically a new build. It was new construction, which isn't that common in California. A lot more common here where I'm at now and other places. But um, that was a huge project for me because before then I might've done a kitchen or a living room right? or maybe two rooms at a time. But this really like woke me up and I was like, wow, this is a big project and it's like an 18 month project and it's like full on construction documents and it's done. Um And I have no idea why I thought I could do that. Like, I mean, <laughs> no clue. I, but I did. I really did. When I got the job, I was like, I can do this. I'm going to work so hard. I can do this. You know, that's the, like, drive and passion when you start a new business. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it was a good year in 2015. A lot of good projects and a good year. So after doing the showcase, I didn't want to keep doing these showcase homes. They're expensive. They are, yeah. I have yet to get out of a showcase home. And I mean, I feel like I'm very skilled at it, but I have yet to get out of a showcase home without spending twenty thousand dollars. Doesn't matter how much I beg, borrow, and plead, that's how much it costs me, if not more. Yeah. I and mean, maybe the time you put the man hour and everything into it. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. So here does. I am and I'm like, and but yet I saw 30,000 people go through a house. So I had access for one month to talk to thirty thousand people. Yeah, that's huge. Now I'm a salesperson. So I sit in my space and that is what I'm comfortable doing is talking to people because I come from retail. Right. So I know how to sell. And like all I need is access to a client. I can speak to you. And then like that's how I can get more clients. Yeah. And so I did that in the first year. So um I was like, well, how in the world can I get more clients to look at me and see me? And I thought that it would be an amazing idea to open up a retail store because I start crunching the numbers. I mean, well, I have this little boutique store and I could get." I don't know, 100, 200 people in my door a month. And I talked to those 100 or 200 people. And then I turned 5% of them into a project. I mean, I start, like, that's how my mind thinks. I'm like, well, how many projects is that? And if the average project is this much, well, oh my gosh, we could do this much a year. And of course, you know, I come from retail, so I also know the exact my little shop i know exactly what it did in a rough economic time in michigan i knew how much i was selling there so why can't i do that the same sure. thing here and so it just started looking like a really good idea to me and not scary because that's my background so it also had all this furniture from showcase yeah is plural And sometimes a piece comes back from a client, So then I'm like looking around at my storage and I'm like, well, I have half a store right here. So here we go. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Why not put it out there so so other people can see it? (laughs) That's right.
1: (laughs) Where else am I going to sell this? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of how the retail space came along. And again, I wasn't. I wasn't really like 100% going to do it until I take the next step. And the next step would be, well, let me just see how much it costs to get a space.
0: Yeah. Because I didn't know how that's much the rent big, was going to yeah, be. Yeah, that's the big thing, right. overhead, so, right?
1: So I, yeah. So I start doing my budget. And I'm like, well, I don't know how much rent's going to be. So then I, I have to go look at spaces, legitimately look at them to know how much rent is. Yeah.
0: And I'm
1: looking at spaces and then I find a space. And then I'm plugging it into my budget. And I'm like, well, I got to say yes or no. And I'm like, what? And then I'm looking and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I don't say yes to this space, I'm not going to find another space. So then I just said yes. And I was like, here I am. Like I'm like, oh crap, I got a space. Literally, this is literally how it happened. And so and I mean that is not I would not recommend this to anybody. That first year of owning that retail store was times 1,000, the most stressed out I'd ever been yeah. there. So I opened it up in I think October and it was going okay. And then I think it was, but not the way I ever saw it. I mean, I think the store was doing $5,000 a month and I promise you, you cannot pay your bills with no, that. No, Like we had design clients, but you just can't pay your bills. And so it's so March rolled around and I had the wrong person on the sales floor. And I was like, if I don't make a change, like, I mean, I'm talking like we need to do $40,000 a month or $50,000 a month. Yeah. I, I was like, we're going to, I'm going to go out of business in May, in yeah. May. That's right. how little cash. Right. I was like burning through. And so I walked into the, I I mean, that night was horrible. I was like, I, I was up all night. I was like, I have to make a change. I have to do something. Like it has to turn around and it has to turn around today, tomorrow. So that was the day when you like get up again and you're like, okay, today is a new day. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the store and I took that salesperson and they basically said, you have to sit in the back. And I sat myself up on the sales floor. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been doing that. I was trying to run the business. Right. And I set myself up on the sales floor and within the next two or three weeks, we had $40,000 in sales. That's amazing. So it taught me like so much and then and then we were in business. And then things started going and then things started snowballing and really becoming the business that it is today. Um so but it taught me a lot. Like it taught me that you have to have somebody who knows how to sell.
0: Yep. You know, another learning lesson in business then in life. Yeah, Yeah. definitely important. You have to have the right people and the right energy and you know all of that comes into play so yeah Yeah. it's it's tough lessons to learn but you have to do it i mean that's really the only way you're going to learn is to just kind of go through it so, and you can't yeah.
1: quit. Like, no. you cannot quit. Like, I, I truly believe that the businesses that fail are the business owners that just ran. And I see it. I understand how they can run out of energy and run out of passion. But the business owner that quits is the business that fails. And yeah. so it's just about literally waking up and being like, I won't quit. I will find a way to do it.
0: Right. So. Yeah. And whatever is thrown your way in whatever capacity, outside forces, you know, in, internal stresses, whatever it is. You have to get through it and, you know, put your head down and keep going. (laughs) Yes, that's (laughs) right. Yeah. So kind of, you know, going into that aspect of things, um, running a business while also being a mom, you know, that's, I know that stuff. I'm right there with you. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. um, What has, what have been the challenges? What have been, has been things that you might, you know, give advice to others on how to balance all of that? yeah
1: it's really hard I am a worker like I my business is a child one of my children to mm-hmm. me so it truly truly is like and I, I think that's why it succeeds but that is a really hard thing for two kids and even a husband to understand because sure. you know like my husband just has a he loves his job he's good at his job but it's a job, it's a job. he yeah. works for somebody else. Yeah. job it's not his this is like my this is like my third child yeah. so that balance and I'm not I, I don't know that I do that balance as well as as well as I could. And there are many, many times where I've had like a sick kid laying on a rug sample under my desk. Like I'm talking like throwing up. Oh and I'm no. Like, Shh. I'm like Marina, my assistant, she's right there. If you need anything, you just let her know. Cause I'm going to meet with this client right over here, but whatever you do, just be really quiet. And then I give like candy and hugs and, kisses. and then I run over and I work and I'm not kidding you when I do that. And so I'm like, but, but at the same time, it's like, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah. And do I by any means think my kids aren't loved? No, trust me, they're loved. Yeah. <laughs> so I, to me, and I think a lot of people might feel differently. In fact, I have another friend in New York who's a designer and she has a much better life work balance. And she's always like, what, you need to take a break. And, and I'm always like, I don't want to take a break. Yeah. And so like that balance is just, I feel like I'm teaching my kids how to work. Not that she's not teaching her kids anything either. She is just a lot of different lot, lot of different lessons. Right. Um, I feel like I'm teaching my kids how to work really hard and do something you love. And that, I mean, like if you don't have those two things in life, like what else? Life can be a much different-looking story, and so, um, so it's all intermingled. And like, you know, I I had an employee one time that I hired to this is when I had a little my second to enter data in our new accounting system. While she babysat, literally her two job descriptions were data entry and babysitting. And so like she babysat the baby and entered data at the same time. And so (laughs) like that was another great mom moment and um yeah i mean i'll never forget when i had three employees in my teeny tiny 1200 square foot house in our dining room and it would be i don't even remember how they fit in there but the dining room also had the office and so it was like a little table and then desks everywhere for everybody with computers and samples everywhere and presentations and then i had only the one at that time and it would be lunchtime so his high would come in and I would be feeding the lunch and reading to him and they would be like can you look at this drawing and I would like lit it. we're all in my dining room and then and then we upgraded when we moved to another house and we put the office out in the garage which was like nice it was a big open space and it was a nicer garage I'm not gonna call finish but it was nicer and our laundry machines were out there so also (laughs) while working they would see me do laundry every day that's not weird right so whatever and if you don't like it don't work for me I don't know what to say
0: (laughs) right well I was gonna ask you like how how you got those people to be completely okay with all of this don't know
1: i mean i have employees that babysit my kids i mean and and now in hindsight like i would never ask my employees anymore to babysit my kids not because my employees can't do it because i'm like wiser and i'm like this is so inappropriate what were you thinking (laughs) but i had i did what i had to do yeah so if i had to run out for a quick client appointment and my kids had the day off of school or weren't feeling good they sat in the office with my employees in the yeah. store, in the back of the store. Yeah, you know what though? But like, I know lots of LA store owners that bring their cute little dogs. Oh yeah, cats oh yeah, that live in there. So what's wrong with my kids being there? <laughs> <laughs> so hey, you know, and it, it's just. I don't know. I don't know why they do it. This is a very good question. We should bring them on and ask them. So (laughs) I had my very first intern is still my employee today, and she is my lead designer. That's amazing. So, and she she knows my kids, and they all know her, and yeah. yeah, like today, my daughter's sitting next to me, and we're on our daily call, and she's making Barbie clothes. And when she makes it, she holds it up on Zoom, and they're all like, great job, Mom. <laughs> and then she makes a new outfit, and then we go on. So I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so how many so, employees do you have right now?
1: So I have nine okay. employees. They're not all like W-2 employees. Five of them are. Um, a couple of them are 10.99. okay, so one just like does marketing part- time. that's a part-time right now. Um,
0: and are those people I go back and forth? Are they virtual or are they somebody that you're
1: everybody's like, virtual everybody's now. virtual like that's great. I mean, I mean, I was virtual after I moved to Virginia, so I've been virtual for two years, so I learned a lot from that, but there was even times where I, like, you know, like, I have an assistant here in Virginia, and I'm like, oh, this assistant has to just come in because it's just so hard for me to do, tell them what to do if they're not in the office, and it's like, well, these days, like, good luck to you, like, nobody's in the office, so, yeah, and that's been a really big eye opener, like, refreshing for me, I like it, like, I'm like, wow, look at the stuff that we can do, that because we had to be even more virtual than we were before which i thought we were really virtual to begin with but
0: yeah i know <laughs> so so on the those employees did you hire them originally as like in-person employees and then they've just kind of transferred to virtual because of your situation with moving from california to virginia or have you hired people like just straight out they're virtual and that's that's all they've ever been
1: um Right before all this happened, we had hired two new employees, but I'm kind of getting to the limit where I can, um, they they say 10 employees is a turning point. You can't, you can't, it's really hard for one person to manage 10 employees. Um, And I can feel that, like I can feel I'm at that spot where I have too many employees. And so we had just hired two new employees and we started creating like levels of separation from me in particular. So the core people that I've had for quite some time now, which you know, I hired in person in California, mm-hmm. they still you could call them like maybe call them like my executive team or management team or a team, whatever. Okay. We started hiring them some assistants. And so right before all this happened, I mean right before, one of them worked three hours before the store closed down. <laughs> and so we had two new employees come on, like literally before we had to close down our location in California. Um we hired these two. So you might consider those two employees virtual. Um, another one is pretty much all virtual. Like I know her from um, Michigan, but she does my PR for me. Okay. And so you could consider her all virtual, but I did know her before. Sure. And then I, my marketing is pretty any marketing help that I have has pretty much been all virtual. Um, and so I currently have somebody doing marketing for 20 part-time, 20 hours a week um and yeah that's usually a virtual type of position um but then my assistant here and then my other core employees in california those are all in person and 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 you know met them in person but i do have to do a new hire like my next hire is going to be an operations manager because all i do all day long is on zoom calls and manage them. And I love them. They don't need to be managed, but I like, this is what, this is what the business needs right now. And it's not allowing me to work on projects and build clients, which is very important for the profitability of a business. Right. So I'm doing no billing and no design work. And I'm the highest billable rate in the business. Yep. And I am just I am just tanking our profitability by yeah. doing that. So there's no way to get around that except for to hire a person who can essentially manage everybody now.
0: And so do I'm you think that's that gonna be life. virtual? Do you think that person is gonna be a virtual person?
1: For a little bit, I yeah. think
0: so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna have to hire them over Zoom. And I think I'm going to have to work with them over Zoom and virtually for I don't know maybe 2 months 3 yeah. months. I don't know yeah. who knows Yeah I like I like this virtual stuff a little bit a lot of it too. Yeah. I like being at home all day and <laughs> not having to do my hair or makeup and you know like who cares what my clothes look like so I like that aspect of it. And so I think that's why I'm embracing it. And it's not such a big challenge for me because I'm like, hey, we can make this work. Yeah. I'm really liking sleeping in the line and yeah. not getting not having a rush to get out. And, yeah. That's <laughs> right. Don't tell anybody I'm doing that. But I am.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> when you are looking for somebody like that, where do you go? You know, where where do you start your search for these employees or whether they're part time or yeah. full time or whatever? Where do you start?
1: You know what? I have found hiring to be the hardest thing ever. Yeah. I don't know where to go when it's not a pandemic. So <laughs> <laughs> like go to Indeed. Okay. Go to Indeed. And then you might get good things with right. people in Indeed. Um, it's a little bit like though, getting referrals and clients. So a lot of times it's about putting your feelers out with the people that you know. Sure. Yeah. So I am about to do this on Monday, but I will reach out to my network here and in- and I do think I'm going to make it East coast base um, because they'll have more access to me.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm very
1: much debating this though. I'm really nervous because they, they also need access to the staff. But again, I think I would have been very torn about doing, you know, how who to hire and where to hire them at East coast or West coast, had it not been for all of this, you know, pandemic type stuff now, not so much because I've been managing my employees, from zoom every day and haven't seen them in two months and it hasn't hindered anything. So I think this person can be anywhere. Um, it's just how, you know, how how do you manage that virtual type of interaction? So Yeah. yeah, I'll do. Yeah. I'll do. Um, You know, I've really actually had a lot of success with um, social media, Facebook groups, posting on social media, that type of thing. I also, this is like a specialized ops manager. So I know that there are people who specialize in finding um, those types of positions. Mm -hmm. So I may reach out to some of them and then I will do a
0: traditional posting on feed just because it's easy. Yeah. And try to get the the most amount of people that you can talk to and, you know, find the right fit. Yeah. 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 So what drove the decision to move to Virginia? Was it another job change situation for your another one? Yeah. Love changing jobs over (laughs) here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We probably would have never
1: left California. In fact, we didn't really want to. We loved it. Although I would say like their school systems aren't um, that great. And so as my oldest son started getting into first and second grade, we became a lot more, um, a lot more unenamored with California. We yeah. loved it. I mean, loved everything about it until he started getting into grade school. Yeah. Um, so so my husband works for Nestle and Nestle moved their North American headquarters. Um, okay. We found this out like almost four years ago now. And so they quietly started telling some of their management people that they're moving their headquarters from the West Coast to the East Coast outside of D.C., so he finds out and um, at first we were like, I was like,
0: no way.
1: Like, no, you know, like my third child, I can't just right. give up. My right. Third because child you've built this
0: business no. and you yeah. have the clientele like, and you have the storefront. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I cannot just yeah. leave that. No. Right. That's it. Again,
1: remember, it's my child. Yeah. So that was like leaving my child. And, and like it, it, like I it, in my mind at first, I was like, I cannot, I'm not giving that up. No, this isn't going to work but we um got a trip to go and see and in my mind we're just taking a free vacation for the week because like I've been to DC since eighth grade so yeah, yeah let's go check it out <laughs> and then while you're there like it, because they were moving the whole company it was very organized and we were in a group of like I don't know maybe 30 other people and so they had tours and they talked to you about the school districts and so it was really informative and we realized that um this was an amazing place to raise our kids it's like one of the best school districts in the country and i also am driving around looking at northern virginia where we live everywhere really and there's so much money and everything's new construction and it's beautiful and it all of a sudden felt a lot more like where we grew up which was in michigan Mm -hmm. so that trip really like i went from like no way let's just go take our free vacation to oh my gosh how do i make this work yeah so that was three months after we had found out we had a very long time to say yes and like put it into motion. Like I'm talking about a year and a half, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: so I, that was three months in. So now my mind switched to like, how do I do this? I'm not going to give up my business. How do I make this work? And so when you start saying how thing you know, you start thinking outside of the box. And so that's kind of, what I did. Um, I just started, I started transitioning everything that I do on a daily basis to my lead designer, who yeah. was that first intern for me. Right. And I started training her how to meet with new clients, um, how to sign the contract, how to lead the jobs. And that again, was another enormous, um, eye opener and shift in my business. Because when I started doing that with her and I had about a year and a half to like pass all this on to her and to everybody else, really, that was working for me. When I started doing that, I went from having the business run me because I was doing everything, everything. I would make them list. I would make them a list of their to-dos every day and put it on their desk and then they would do their to-do list. Like, what's wrong with me? (laughs) And I had to learn how to give up control and say, okay, these are intelligent people. They have worked for me for a long time. They're great employees and they can do this. And I still didn't do it while I was there. It wasn't until I left in July, um, right around July 4th and now oh my gosh that day that I left again it felt like I was leaving a little newborn and not a newborn maybe like a five-year-old yeah and I was like oh my god goodbye a five-year-old I was like what am I doing but I, I laughed and it took me a good maybe three months of being on the east coast and them being on the west coast where I finally was like I'm like oh my god they just signed a new client I didn't do anything and the client didn't even ask about me the client doesn't even yeah, care yeah so
0: that was me. that was my it next was question weird. yeah do, I mean yeah have they struggled with that? Like, you know, Um, you're not there.
1: Yeah. Every once in a while a client comes in and specifically asks for me and then, and then I'm happy to be a part of that project, but now I'm not fully involved in the project. I'm more like creative director. Okay. So I can, I used to go under, I used to go to California once a month. So if a client requested to specifically work with me, Yes, we can do that. You, it, The timeline's a little bit longer because I'm only, I, I have limited availability, um, but we can do that. And I'm only, the I only am at upfront appointments through the design. Once we get through the design and you say, yes, I love this design, that gets handed off to my project manager, Marina, who's also at every single meeting with us. So she knows what's going on and has the connection with the client. And then I, you can put me on every email, but Marina runs a project a hundred times better than I do, you do not even want me after the yeah. design. Like yeah. I, I can't, I don't have the focus and the attention and the time to yeah. dedicate to that anymore. Right. So, um, so we're very open and honest about if you work with me, this is what it looks like. But for the most part, um, especially this past year, nobody asks about me now no. we do say like now the owner amy is um creative director and so she does you know approve every design that goes out the door so sure, you will yeah. see some time from her on your bills um but essentially she's just brushing over things to make sure um you know that w- we just like to bounce ideas off of each other and she likes to be big picture involved in the project and sure, so that's yeah. what we do And she's runs projects amazingly. I could not, I couldn't do the business without her, without any of my employees. So I have another one who does, so Marina can do more of the larger construction projects. And then I have another employee um, who does more of our furnishing project. And she is equally as fantastic with the client. We say the same thing. Like, in fact, a lot of her clients, because they see my name on the store, ask about me a little bit more. Um, And I try like when, when I was going to come back to California. I, if, if a client came in and I didn't know them but I knew them because I knew their project right. but I'd never met them I would introduce myself and at the end of a project I might always send like an email or a note that says I saw the pictures of your installation it looks amazing mm-hmm. which is always true it looks so beautiful I hope you're enjoying every bit of it, it looks absolutely stunning and like and I hope you enjoyed working with us, and we've so invo- and you know loved having you as a client. So they do hear from me and they do see me, but not on a daily basis. Yeah, they don't even want me on a daily basis. So, <laughs> so that is actually hard. Clients call us. Like we have a client now that was one of my first clients, and so that was like almost eight years ago now. And I am a lot more involved in his project than I would be on any other. And that's because he doesn't know anything but me. It was me when I worked with him. Right. So I did, you know, I I did partner up with one of my employees and they are managing the project. So yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah, that's always the hard balance, you know, when it's your name on the door to, you know, get clients to understand that you're not necessarily going to be holding their hand through the entire project and to say that, You know, you said it really well that it's better if I hand it off to my, you know, next person in command because they are better at that aspect than, than I am. That's right. So I think that's a good lesson to know, you know, where your role is and where you can delegate to others and trust in your team. So I think that's, that's that's really important and key. And especially in growing a business and managing it from coast to coast. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So you um, obviously have been in Virginia for how long now? Two years, you said. Yeah, two years. Yeah. Has so this how Britain? has the process been in establishing new clients in Virginia? Now, did you use the same yeah. business model that you used in California? Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, little tweaks. Um, so. I hated calling these people in California when I started the business there. And I really, really hate it still. (laughs) So that was hard. So I took a little bit of a different approach to the business development. And I really started focusing on finding events where I could go to an event and network with other people in the industry. Okay. So that was a great way to start to meet people. Um, in fact, I went to a BNI um, meeting, which is like essentially for networking and you know meeting other business people. I didn't join the BNI, but I have gone to every single BNI in the area, and that has. And then while you're there, you get everybody's business card and you meet everybody. And then I would then now I had this connection, and I'd be like, hey, we met on last week Thursday at the BNI meeting, and I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but I really wanted to meet with you. Any chance you want to grab coffee? So this was a much less stressful, enjoyable way to yeah. converse with people. So I met a lot of people that way. And then I also took, um, still, I, I really stepped it up and was doing some business development right before the, at the beginning of this year before everything happened where I did a mass mailing to 300 architects in okay. the Maryland, Virginia, and DC area. And I mailed them a gift with a handwritten note and, This is the first time I'd ever done that, um, and it was, I would say, very successful. I would say almost every single firm that I send a gift to emailed back to say thank you, at which point I would say, I'm so glad you enjoyed the gift, and I would enjoy even more to meet you in person, can you grab coffee next week Wednesday? And to which point I started meeting all of these people and now they're on my newsletter. So they see me and I also pay attention and try to, you know, keep up on, are they in a publication so they can reach out to them and congratulate them for it. Now it's been a little bit more difficult. The That is the downfall to all of this is that you cannot network from Zoom. That yeah. doesn't work. No. Nobody wants to do no. <laughs> Um, So that does not work. So I'm having to get, a little bit creative and figure out how am I going to continue to network and do business development by Zoom. Right. I, I don't have an update on that one yet, but I can let you know. <laughs> I'll figure it out in the next three months. Um, but so that um, was the same approach. And I really am starting to build up my network here. I have noticed that it seems to be taking me a lot longer and sometimes I'm like, why? What is going on? Why is that? But I have to remember, like, I've got a whole other business essentially that yeah. I'm running. So right. my attention for it and my focus on it has not been what it was where right. all I had all I had time to do was to call forty people a week. Right. I don't I have one hour a day. If I'm lucky, that yeah. would be like in a good week. So um so I don't I don't have the time to put into it. So it's going a little bit slower. I also made a decision where I would have done anything for anybody in California because I had not one client. So when the re- when I met a realtor who said, hi, will you come to this? Can I drop you? Can I meet you at a house and you just spend the next five hours staging it for me with whatever they have? I was like, yeah, I can do I'll that. I'll take That's anything. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I'm yeah. like, I don't know Call me is nah but I or I'm just I'm just tired and that's a no, little bit and, too much of a grind for me and you've
0: developed your business so you're at a right. point where have a portfolio. Yeah, yeah you can say no to the things that just don't interest you right yeah yes so and I do
1: so I am a lot thicker, and so I think that I've gotten a lot of opportunities that I just I would say almost 90 percent of them so far I've kind of found a way to refer them to another designer that I've met here to say hey you know because I have to remember too like if I can't devote the attention to a project because I'm not interested in it or don't have the time for it then I'm going to do a bad job on it and then I might as well not have taken it I don't want that reputation going around, so it's really important to say yes to the projects that you want and you're excited about um, and should be taking and have the time for, because that's when you'll do a good job and that's when you'll get a referral. So yeah. um, that's been different. And then the other biggest surprise, and I I still have yet to figure it out, this is a different client here. It completely is completely yeah. 180. Yeah. They're conservative, they're conservative with their finances, yes. they're conservative with their decision making, they it's just different. Yeah. And so I think that is another piece of what I didn't experience in California, because in California, it's just very, they're very easygoing with their money. And, um, and I can't really say that California has more money than the dc area because it's a very wealthy area and that's important for design but um but they're just more willing to spend it in california and they are much more um just different just different here
0: yeah
1: different market that i've been trying to figure out and i'm lucky that i have the business in california that's going and going strong but i can take the time to figure it out right if I didn't have that, if I had closed that and left it behind, I'd be panicked right now. Although then again, sometimes I think I do my best work in panic mode. So maybe that would have been a good thing. I don't know. But it is what it is. And I don't stress about it. And I just keep doing what I know will give me success, which is networking.
0: Yeah. I keep networking.
1: I keep seeing more things come through. And in time, it'll come and it'll all work out.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's... you're right. It's a totally different market. You have to learn, you know, how people work there. And, um, it's probably, I lived in the DC area for a short period of time, um, and was in the design world working for somebody else. Um, it's very similar to the Midwest in their Mm -hmm. terms of, of thinking about how they're spending money and, um, just the, it's just different than I know, you know, other areas. And, um, you just have to figure out what works best for them and what drives them to, you know, want to spend money on, on their homes and, that's right. you know, figure yeah. that out. So the yeah. client
1: that perceives that as an importance, cause not every client does and that's exactly. their cognitive. That's okay. Right. That's just not the client we're looking for. We want the client who values the design. Yeah and values the quality that of furniture and pieces and design work that they want to put into their home and that's right. a particular client it's about connecting with them yeah so. exactly
0: and it, and really like i look at design as a process so it's not just like i'm just filling your space it's you know a whole process a relationship with that family and figuring out what works best for them and really creating a right. space that it speaks to them and that they can come home to it and say oh my gosh this just is me um it's part of that process and that process isn't short you know that's a long-term relationship so you have to connect well with with the people that you're working with and um you know you have to find those people that do value that the time commitment too that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so let's shift gears into um Press because you <laughs> were just featured in HTTV Magazine. That's amazing. Congratulations. I'm so excited. It's Thanks. awesome. So, how yeah. did that develop? What I mean, obviously, I understand you know submitting work and things like that, but um, but I know it's a process and it's not yeah. easy. <laughs> so, no, it's not. It's been yeah, process is a great word for it. It's
1: been on my like bucket list to really get press for myself for, I mean, four years. I mean, and every year I put it on the list and the goals and I say, okay, we're going to get press this year. But I'm also um, unwilling to fork over thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month to just hire somebody. I just could never quite do that. Like that was too big of an expense. Um, I, and I'm not saying that, like, now that I've done it on my own, that maybe in the next couple years, I wouldn't get to that point, but I'm just not quite there yet. Yeah. And I keep saying to myself, we can do this ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, some of it's been a little bit of luck and some of it's been a little bit more than luck. So, um, showcase homes are a great way to get press and I think I realized that with the first showcase house that I did um you know they would they they literally feed you to the press so right. it's a good opportunity but you know like I, I being naive in my first one I didn't know what that meant but the um the LA Times did a um like took a little snapshot and put us in one of their articles and I realized, so that was our first press that we'd ever gotten for a first showcase house. And I was like, that's so exciting. And I thought it was the greatest thing, but it's more important. Like, okay, so I got on the LA times. It's more important what I realized that comes from that. Yes. So from the LA times, I would get emails from a client. I saw you in the LA times. And so I realized I was like, Oh, well, this is a great way to, um, to use it as a talking point sure. to use it as a way to, you know, reach out to clients and be late or, or say, you know, talk to clients. It's a good reminder of mm-hmm. being just relevant in the world. So, um, so that was our first piece of press, and then we kind of moved up to the next showcase house. Um The next showcase house, I had the newborn, and I was a little tired, and so I didn't put as much effort as I should have in life in general to that showcase <laughs> house, so not much happened there, but then we did one a couple years ago, and it was the entryway, and when I say that this is still one of my favorite spaces, like this entryway got my heart and soul, and it was like stretched my design mind to the limit, and I just was so proud of it. i knew that the yeah. LA Times was coming. And this time I wasn't just going to stand there like I did the first time and Hope they took my picture. I was going to get the LA Times to take our picture and we were going to be in the LA Times. So the LA Times comes by and we are... <laughs> the photographer is like hot and then he was like oh this light is in my way and he's shooting somebody else's room by the way and we me and marina are like oh here we got that for you are you hot Okay, well, let me get you a water and then we are like "Hey, let me block this little light for you i mean we just went after this guy and he after he was done shooting a couple rooms next to us he turned around and he was like is this your space and i mean we pounced on yeah him. and we didn't let him go and we were like and you should take a picture of this over here and like oh do this over here and it did it got um i think it was the cover image on the home section of the la Times. and then from there this that particular year the showcase had like an agreement with california home and this was the luck. so california homes was going to put the showcase in there you didn't know who was going to get it i didn't even know when they were coming through the house i wasn't even aware of that but they took a picture of our space and put it on the cover of their magazine so Calhoun's is a big regional yeah. magazine. That was a big deal to us. I was like, holy crap! I just just found out randomly out of nowhere, and I did nothing and made the cover of Calhoun's. <laughs> and it was so pretty. And so that was really awesome. Um, so then I got this like taste for press. I'm like, oh, I want some more. Right. And <laughs> so- I
0: just have to say that entry is gorgeous I oh, love you. it I I mean yeah, the I floor do. alone is just like oh it's crazy. yeah it's stunning crazy. I
1: I think too when I walked into that showcase space and they were like would you like to we want you to come and look at the library would you be interested in doing the library and I had to walk through the entryway yeah. to get to the library and I look at the library and it's like this teeny tiny little closed off room and I was like oh, what about the entryway I'll do that one for you and she's like "Real like I mean they thought I was like an alien with three heads because the space was it's like a hotel lobby. It's that big.
0: Yeah. And so they but... were like,
1: really? You do the lobby? And I was like, yes, I will do the lobby because in my mind, I just saw it being yeah. like the most spectacular thing oh, I've ever done in my life. So, yeah. 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 So, that was really fun. <laughs> so <laughs> during all of that, again, like every year we see this progression in our projects where they go from like, okay, we're doing like three rooms to now we're furnishing a whole home. Right. Or we're doing construction and furnishing. And so our projects have really progressed quite quickly over the years till a big majority of them, a big majority of our projects are like full construction, furniture which is really how you get yourself published yeah not always but like those are the meaty projects that get you they want those yeah yeah that's what people want that's not to say that you can't do vignettes and lifestyle shoots in the wells of magazines and all of that oh yeah smaller shots right like this is the this is like really how and then you can break those projects apart after they get published right into smaller lifestyle pieces too so Um, So we really started developing our portfolio and that's when I started really becoming interested in like, how are we getting this press? So I would read a book. And I like to learn everything I can. It's like a bad habit and a good habit. I need to learn everything I can about doing something. So like if I told you next week I'm going to do SEO, I don't just hire the SEO guy. I'll spend like three months pretending I am the SEO guy <laughs> so that when I speak to the SEO guy and he tells me what he's charging, I'm okay with it. And I know what he's doing. And like that's when things have been most successful for me. So I really dove in and I tried to do the press myself. But this is a full-time job again. Oh, so yeah. So I already had a full-time job. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like I already had another full-time time job on the east coast and i'm like i can't do all this so then i tried to hire so again i refuse to pay somebody thousands of dollars at this point because i'm not quite sure if i have enough and is it good enough right i'm like let me hire let me hire somebody out of school and i can pay him a fraction of that but that took a lot of management so i'm actually finally in a good place so the hgtv press came from a connection with amy flurry and amy flurry writes a book recipe for press and Okay. I've even hired Amy to like consult with me so I could just for like an hour yeah. bounce ideas off of her. Um and so Amy Flurry was like, You she's looking at my project and she's like, This particular project should be an H G T V She's like it's totally could be in there. She's like, why don't you reach out to this particular person? So a lot of press connection. Uh Why don't you reach out to this particular person? She does some styling for them. So I did. And she liked it. She showed it to the editor. The editor said, they eventually said yes, picked up the project. And I mean, that was over a year ago. That's how long it takes. So that project has been sitting out of commission in my Dropbox, waiting to be to the world right and then finally this month it comes out in publication so now you can put it everywhere so um it's really exciting i it's a national publication so i don't i've never been in a national publication i don't know what that does for business right um because, you know, you have to ultimately, like, it's really great. Kind of like sort of winning an Emmy of the, you know, movie world or something like that. But if it doesn't bring you a job. Right. Does it really matter? Is it worth like, it? Then yeah. it's just an ego. Then it's just a stroke of the ego. So loved it. It's great. It's cute. But more importantly to me, I I want it to bring us more business. Right. And so if, if that means being in little local regional publications, that's fine with me, too.
0: Yeah. So. And what I have heard is as a result of national publications, it's typically more so what you do with it versus Mm -hmm. the actual publication itself. So, you know, you may like people nationally may see this and think, oh, it's great, but they may never call you. However, if you're putting it out there on your social channels and getting it out there through your newsletter and to your connections, that is going to bring you business so you know right. and and credibility I mean that's ultimately yes, credibility what it is yeah.
1: yeah and they also say press beget press so yep. they mm-hmm. say like this is a great stepping stone to more press and yeah. so um more press means more opportunities to be relevant to your clients and then it's like this big circle and cycle of like a snowball effect, kind of like the first client refers you to another, well, that could refer you to another, well, the first one's still referring you. Like that big kind of snowball effect. So yeah, we're absolutely. hoping that happens. Um, and now I have somebody who spends about 10 hours a week and she's great. So like she's actually taking this HG, you know, she's writing the wave of this publication and and sending it out to the vendors and trying to get them to spread the word and like breaking it apart and like really, really maximizing the exposure. And once she runs through that in another month or two, she'll move on to other projects that we have.
0: Right, right. I think the hardest part about all of it is what you said, sitting on a project that you've completed Mm -hmm. that you want to show everybody but Mm -hmm. you can't because you know that it's going to be part of a big publication and they don't want it exposed so they
1: don't want it exposed yeah yeah but sometimes I break the rule like I have a couple I I have I had five projects sitting there and I was and I couldn't get the press done because I couldn't move fast enough and I was like this is ridiculous. Like we've got to put these. So I finally put them up on my website. I did not put them up on social media because I don't really think anybody's going to my website. So I I finally put them in the portfolio section of my website and I've been pitching them around and, I don't know you don't want
0: to publish it because I put it on my website and I don't know I'll go somewhere else that yeah. Care. Yeah. I, so, yeah yeah I know I've and honestly like uh, for regional they don't seem to mind quite as much That's right. so yeah. I know in my experience like they're completely fine with it being on you know your That's website right. or even social media um yeah because they're presenting it in a completely different way and so yeah. they seem to be you know okay with that, that. so yeah and that
1: was another big eye-opener so this wasn't just like let me come and reshoot the house. This no. was a four day. They basically restyled yeah. the house. Yeah, I was like, I have, I mean, I have never seen so many accessories, and they put plants, flowers in the front yard.
0: <laughs> in it, the ground, isn't it crazy? Yeah, isn't it crazy? And you're I saying and you're thinking like, it looked good when I did it. <laughs> I mean, looks but, great, the way. They yeah do. and I get what they're yeah. doing they're putting in product yes and they can advertise yes and, yeah
1: you know like so that was hard to let go of some of that and then there were other right. things that I really learned about it and I was like wow they just put a really bright rug on the floor and I like spices but that right rug looks really good and right so it was like interesting to see how just a few tweaks can change a room and um yeah, yeah that was that was crazy I yeah mean, that, that was yeah
0: yeah, it's it's definitely something you don't think about when you're looking through a magazine, you're thinking, well, that's just the way it looks. That's the way mm-hmm. that the designer did it. Well, no, not always. No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Like,
1: I mean, everything, like the little things sticking out of the basket in the corner of the chute was perfect it yeah. was crazy
0: yeah crazy yeah the
1: cereal bowl <laughs> on the counter the way the spoon was like they moved it like six
0: times I was like it's fine. fine it's I, a spoon, <laughs> <about the> spoon? <laughs> like is anybody really <laughs> noticing the spoon <laughs> no, I want there's them there's to notice the kitchen <laughs> yes yeah <that's> right. <laughs> okay. so on social media especially Instagram because I think Instagram is definitely more geared to designers and um, to a visual you know, path. Um, can you give any advice to others about building a, a following or a brand and you know how you've kind of navigated that?
1: Yeah. So my advice is you have to really like doing it. Yes. So for instance, I can't understand what happens when I open up Facebook. I get so overwhelmed. I don't understand what I'm looking at. I can't do Facebook. It's not my thing. But Instagram I do have a passion for because it's like creating a magazine spread. And I like playing with the pictures and mixing them all together and finding the ones from other people that would complement my feed because and like finding the perfect photograph because it so fits my brand and I you know, like it so complements the project that we're gonna post right next to it. And so that's A because it is a lot of time and work and if you don't like it you will not do it and if you don't do it you don't have consistency and if you don't have consistency you won't go anywhere right so it's about and I mean and I've been the ups and downs there are times where I get tired and I don't feel like doing it and I don't have a happy comment to post for two (laughs) weeks straight because I'm now I'm now in gloomy weather instead of sunshine weather and I didn't (laughs) I didn't post for two weeks and it crushed and it crushes my progress. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, I've not taken the consistency of it off of my plate, but I still very much hang on to the content of it. Um. So that's that's my first piece of advice: is you have to pick the social media site that you really, really like. And if you don't like it, don't do it. Right. Um. And then I would think like I think that you have to decide like what are you doing it for. That tells you how much time to put. If you are doing it to hopefully get some like local clients and as a basically another landing spot to show people that you're relevant and like an extension of maybe a behind the scenes portfolio and just speak to your brand a little bit, well that's one time commitment. I in particular do it because I really am trying to build up a larger following so that should I choose down the road to do something product wise mm-hmm. that i have a built-in following that's the right following and i've spent a lot of time connecting with yeah um so i probably spend a lot more time and money than maybe everybody else might consider to be valuable to them um and i debate that is that worth it i don't know and then by the time i get it built up what if instagram is like nothing goes anymore? <laughs> right? right. you know like but but I can't predict the future, and all I know is what's in front of me, and all I know is, you know, and I like it. I do really like it. That's a big part for me. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's about consistency and learning the, the basics. Like, I haven't figured it out. And then I think when I figured it out, when I figured out the perfect hashtag combo, and I'm like, ooh, I have five followers from that one. And then, like, three weeks later, I can't get a single follower or anybody to even like a post. I'm like, you changed your algorithm again. They did it. It changed it again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so it's hard. It's it really is. It's really hard. So then I passed it on to one of my employees. And she now shows she's obsessed with it. She's like, No one liked our post today. That was our best photo of that room. And I'm like, I know, no one likes it. And she's yeah. like, I am so angry. And I'm like, let it go. Like,
0: I know. There's just really I, I feel like it's like there's no rhyme or reason. There just really isn't. Mm-hmm. It's just like do not. it because you there enjoy it and Put your work out there that you want others people to yeah. see. The people who are right. loyal followers are going to like it, and they're going to comment on it. Right. Or, you know, they may not, but they're seeing it because I know from my right. experiences that they may not say something on the actual social media platform, but they're telling you about it or talking about it right. in person um, and saying, "Oh, okay. I saw that thing that you posted on Instagram." Or I would get a text message from my client saying you know i saw that you know chair i really love that chair that you posted so so people are seeing it but they just may not be interacting right. with it so That's yeah right. so i think you just yeah. have to keep like plugging away and, and putting it out there and like you said you have to enjoy it because it is a time commitment and okay. there are obviously times when you're like i'm over it i'm done i'm done i don't want to do it yeah. so yeah. i don't yeah.
1: want like oh my god i just can't like but i didn't get my post into it's hard i know but i will say just like you mentioned earlier about the fast where it's a lot of it's what you do with it i would say that's the same for um social media so um, you should put it in your newsletter. And then we have like a little thing in our email signature. So currently in our email signature, it says, check out our latest, um, house tour in HGTV magazine. And there's a link to it. And then we also say, follow along on Instagram. And then when I'm meeting with a new client, I always might say, you know, I always say things such as, um, when they say, well, we give them like a little book for our, with our, portfolio and we always say you know it takes us a lot of time to photograph home sometimes so this isn't the most up-to-date but if you go and hop on our Instagram you can see a lot of behind the scenes and snapshots of things that yeah. might be coming up yeah so just directing people there too because it really is an extension of your website
0: yeah absolutely um,
1: you know just like how is this an extension like you just you have to be everywhere these days so I can't really say that I don't think a person shouldn't do it Um, And what you put out there and how organized it is, is a reflection of your brand. So you've got to think about it that way. But you can't not do it. I don't think you cannot do it. It's just to what extent do you want to do it? Right.
0: The commitment. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So really quickly to wrap things up, what... Are your next kind of goals what are you thinking about on the horizon have you I'm sure you have but have you thought about what you're gonna do in the next five years or you know <laughs> few years
1: yeah yeah I'm more of a few year person like I, I have like a retirement goal but I, it like I, I really work but while wow, I'm like Anything from zero to 12 months is, like, where I really, really can push the limits and get a lot done. And anything beyond that seems, like, almost out of reach for me. It's really changed and kind of been turned upside down with the past couple months. Like, I had something in mind. We were going to do e-commerce and our own fabric line. And you know, go into product and do some private labeling along with our own product and uh, such like expanding the retail store. And that has really for now, I mean for various reasons for uncertainty reasons. That's one. Um, the company that I had initially engaged to start the fabric designs with, I don't think that they're open any like I think they went out of business. Yeah. So now I'm like back to scratch on a fabric designer and I'm like yeah so um so that kind of changed some things but not all bad either it really makes you focus on um it just makes you think out of the box and get creative so I think that we will still do when things settle a little bit more and I feel a little bit more at ease with what's happening and where the economy is going I will still probably do the e-commerce and the fabric um and like some some of our own product um I just don't know when now right maybe that's it I just don't know yeah
0: the the timeline might have adjusted but you know I think that those are definitely great goals to have and I think you could definitely do that it's just a matter of timing and when that's appropriate right yeah right so yeah. So
1: we'll see.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's great. It's exciting. I'll be happy to see what comes and follow along. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate you taking this time and, and talking through all of this. This is great. I think it's a really interesting perspective to hear about managing a business on two separate coasts and different time zones. I mean, yeah. that's a challenge. And that's something that yeah. not a lot of designers do. So uh, thank you so much yeah. for for joining me
1: sure this was so fun thanks for having me yeah
0: thank you for listening to the design direction podcast for more information and links to my guests check out the show notes and if you want more information about me visit my website at www.compassdesignservices.com